are you doing and what have you been doing the last few days? I've been good. Um, I recently started my uh, semester, so I'm trying to adjust in the online learning. And yeah. you? Uh, I'm actually preparing for the semester. It's still um, a month uh, to start, like I would start in October, so yeah. Okay. So you've told me that your parents are Iraqi immigrants, right? Yes. So can you tell a story about this? Um, so after uh, the Gulf War, my parents uh, immigrated to Canada. And uh, me and my siblings are both born and raised here. Um, it was definitely very difficult. Um, well, from my parents' um, words, that it was difficult to migrate to Canada because of the cultural and religious and language barriers. Um, but I think they've learned how to adjust and um, appreciate their culture uh, while also appreciating Canadian culture. So this as well affected you, you know, growing up as Canadian, but originally you are Iraqi. You had this confusion with culture? Yes. Of course, it was um, it was very difficult growing up in Canada as um, a daughter of immigrants because of um, I would say because of the way that maybe uh, I express myself um, or maybe even by the way that I look and the different language that I speak. Growing up, uh, I definitely was different than my classmates uh, with darker skin tone, darker hair color. Even uh, by the way that I dressed, uh, the food that I ate, and growing up, I kind of felt ashamed of uh, my culture and my language, and I really didn't want to learn uh, speaking and writing in Arabic because I wanted to fit in. Nobody else in my school was learning Arabic. Why should I? And I think that was very difficult for me growing up because I felt so different. And I just wanted to fit in. But growing up, thankfully, I am very happy that I uh, speak Arabic. And it is part of my culture. And it, is, it has become who I am. Uh, growing up, I used to think that the Arabic language was um, maybe ugly or uh, just it wasn't normalized as, as a child growing up in Acadian school, it wasn't normalized to um, come from a different culture and speak different languages. Yeah, so this wasn't coming out of you. It was because of the environment around you, right? They inflicted this. Yes, exactly. So how did you, you know, how you have been dealing with it? Well, as I grew older, I think the way that I dealt with it is by having friends from um, similar backgrounds, um, making sure that I'm not the only one that is from um, like a Muslim or Arab background. But also, if I am, I try my best to educate those around me of what it means to be an Arab and what it means to be a Muslim in the West. And I've also... Um, been more open with learning about my own culture and my own religion and my language 
because I've realized how beautiful it is and um, it brings me back to my roots as well and where I really come from, which is something I should be really proud of instead of embarrassed or ashamed of. Yeah, exactly. So did being Muslim made it harder to be accepted as Canadian? Um, I would so I would say yes. Uh, it has been difficult to be, be a Muslim and Canadian because of the views of non-Muslims in Canada, um, specifically white Canadians, um, that you can't be Muslim and Canadian. Uh, it's something that hasn't been accepted until recent years, obviously, but back then it was kind of a shock, like, oh, you're Canadian and you're Muslim, how do you identify as both? Um, and so when I started wearing the hijab, it was very difficult, until now, actually, I do have, I struggle, and it is difficult to wear the hijab uh, when you might be the only one in your in your class, maybe your class of 100 people, you're the only one wearing the hijab. You get weird stares, um, you get weird comments. Uh, if the professor or your teacher is speaking about the Middle East or uh, Islam, suddenly half of the class is looking back at you, seeing your reaction, or if you have any comments. Sometimes even um, the teacher or professor will call you out um, if they have a question or a comment, which I sometimes will appreciate if it's um, trying to educate themselves or in the classroom. But Sometimes it can be a little um, awkward and a little um, a way of othering, making me uh, feel that I am not um, one of them, uh, making me feel that I am kind of like an alien that they're trying to dissect. Um, so it has been difficult, to be honest. But thankfully, I haven't experienced um, as much uh, racism or uh, discrimination as my other uh, friends or sisters in Islam in uh, the West. So being a woman of color and with hijab, does this, you know, make, make it harder to be accepted as, you know, Canadian with the, how Canadians look? Definitely, yes. Um, as I've said, to be a Canadian, uh, you're basically white. Um, you, as a white Canadian, um, I don't see any white Canadians being asked where they're, where they're from or, um, what their first language is, uh, or similar questions. But when it's a, uh, person of color, um, they're always asked, um, where are you really from or what your background is or, um, I've gotten comments in the past where they'll say, oh, wow, you speak really great English. And I will respond with, well, yes, English is my first language. <laughs> I speak it way better than uh, Arabic. And um, I've also gotten comments uh, where, let's say, I got um, a high mark or um, if a similar a person of color got a scholarship or anything, um, instead of congratulating them and praising them, they might get the comments of, oh, they just got lucky um, because uh, people of color are not viewed as uh, intelligent or as successful. Is In this really Canadian, happening? Yes. The comments, you mean? 
Yeah, like you're expected to be this intelligent because you just have different color skin or skin color. Yes, and especially if you wear a hijab, um, sometimes you're viewed as um, not as intelligent. And I think that's because of uh, the um, stereotypical uh, hijabi of being oppressed. Um, I think that's the belief that makes people view the hijab as holding you back from educating yourself or from learning a language um, or getting a, a high position. So what do you think, you know, in fuel or fuel this, this misconception that being hijabi, you know, you know, makes you less intelligent, you're not educated and so on. Is it the media or what exactly? It is definitely the media. I think it started um, in 9-11. Um, there are actually some points before that, but I think where it, it became more serious was because of 9-11 where, um, uh, the U.S. used it as a strategy to go into um, Afghanistan or Iraq uh, to save the women because they're oppressed, because they're being forced to cover up. And um, if you look at the comments at post um, the invasion, uh, the comments um, consist of, well, how come they're still covering if they're free now from the Taliban? Why are they still covered? And so because of that um, view of the hijab holding you back, oppressing you, taking away your freedom, this view has is still believed by many uh, white individuals in the West that um, it's Islamic, that Islam is what's holding us back from educating ourselves when it's really not Islam. So it's perceived that uh, Islam is what holds back women and takes away their freedom. But really Islam is actually the first religion to give women's uh, rights and to allow women to educate themselves. Uh, Islam was the first religion to um, have women educating themselves, even if it was just uh, about uh, religion women still attended lectures and schools and even built schools. Yeah, exactly. And also about hijab, they are not convinced with the idea that women wear it, you know, by choice. Not all of them wear it, you know, oppressed. Exactly. And uh, what's sad is that um, when white individuals look at the Middle East, they think that all of the women in the Middle East are covered or that they're all Muslim, and that all women in the Middle East are similar, when that is not true. Uh, the Middle East is the most diverse place ever. All women are so different. They all dress differently. They all have different beliefs. There are different religions other than Islam. There is um, Christianity. There is Judaism. There are other religions. And for the West to think that all women are oppressed because of Islam when that is not the truth. It's uh, very difficult and I try to educate those around me and thankfully there are those who listen but there are those who do not want to listen. Yes indeed. So what do you see um, about Islam is spreading and there are misconceptions? You know you mentioned the hijab point. What else is wrong about Islam and it's spreading outside um, in the West and in Canada specifically? 
Well, um, when we focus on uh, Muslim men, I think they're perceived uh, mostly as terrorists, as violent, um, the oppressor, um, and that they control uh, the women in their family and households, which is uh, definitely false. Um, uh, not all Muslim men, uh, not any actually, those who do follow Islam, they are not terrorists. And I think that belief has uh, been very scary and eye-opener, to be honest, because of how much it's affected um, our society, our Muslim society in the West, where um, Muslim men aren't able to grow a beard because of the looks or the violence they may even face in society. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, um, I guess also part of this problem is Muslim people themselves. Like, uh, you know, a lot of them on social media, they reflect the wrong image of Islam. So I feel like it's a mistake from both sides, not only from West, you know. I think so, yes. Um, I think on social media, some people are very um, open with uh, their personal views. So... Um, there are a few, there are Muslims that may um, post things that may be against Islam or maybe even just cultural that others may view as Islamic. And um, I think what, on this topic actually, I think what a very important message that we need to be sharing is that to not believe everything that you see on social media and to not trust every Muslim on social media. And I don't mean that by trust, I don't mean that, oh, everyone is lying. But there are some things that you just have to um, research on because every Muslim's views are different. And um, sometimes some Muslims will post uh, more cultural or personal views that may not um, be an Islamic uh, accepted view. Yes, exactly. That everyone perception of Islam and how they apply it in their life is different, you know, on the individual levels and also the confusion that happens between what is a culture and what is actually, um, you know, the rules of the religion itself. Yes, exactly. There is a huge divide between the two that um, non-Muslims uh, have difficulty to um, understand. I think that the... I think in a lot of um, households, culture is so much more important and um, they, a lot of their views and beliefs are more cultural that sometimes can get mixed into religion when it is not really religious. So um, going back to even just the covering up, uh, some people cover up because it's cultural, not religious. Um, and non-Muslims, um, don't want to understand the difference so I believe that there is a huge difference even if it's just for um, even if it's just on a topic for example on the oppression of women sometimes um, females in the household probably don't have equal rights to uh, their their uh, brothers and um, the males in their household and this is a cultural, not a religious um, aspect. Yes, exactly. 
So what, you know, what actions of Islamophobia do you see in Canada and have you exposed to such acts? So thankfully, I haven't faced anything as um, harmful, but there I have experienced some um, racial uh, comments. Thankfully, um, in my city, there are um, there is a, a large um, community of Muslims. Therefore, I don't really feel alone. But when traveling to smaller cities, um, especially in Quebec, um, it, there are um, scarier things that happen to Muslim specifically Muslim women, but also happened to Muslim men. But I think that the um, the comments that I've received that have been a little uh, uncomfortable, um, uh, that I, I'm not sure if I, I uh, said earlier, but the comments that I've received are, um, where are you really from? Um, questioning how um, I am mostly educated on certain topics or how well I speak English and how well my accent is and them not believing that I am actually Canadian. I was born here, yes, my background is not Canadian. I am first generation, but I do identify as Canadian because um, it is my home country. It is where I was raised and born. And so for um, them to, for, white Canadians to not um, perceive non-white individuals as Canadian is disheartening, uh, to say the least, because Canada is supposed to be viewed, or this that is basically our motto, is that we are diverse. Um, there are people from all around the world, and that is very true. However, that doesn't mean that the entire entirety of Canada is diverse. There are uh, cities in Canada that aren't diverse, that are mostly white Canadians. And um, thankfully, my city isn't one of them, but nearby sitting cities are. And uh, if I visit them, I will, I might get comments or, or um, looks that would be not that welcoming. Yeah, so how do you face these comments and what, you know, what do it make you feel? So usually I would ignore them or I would, um, depending on, it really depends on how the person is speaking to me. If they are being rude, I most likely will ignore them. If um, they are asking to actually educate themselves, I will answer and I will let them know. Um, for example, I've about my hijab, I've received two types of questions. I've received a very polite question of um, why I wear the hijab and what it really means to wear the hijab. But then I've also gotten questions of why do you wear that thing? And so that thing has a name. <laughs> it's on my head. Um, if you are trying to educate yourself, you can ask me what the name is rather than calling it that thing. And so the yes. second question I probably will ignore or I will say it is called a hijab and it is part of my religion. But to the first question, I'll probably answer all the questions in detail and will probably even um, recommend some videos or um, books to watch or read to educate themselves on, um, on how I feel when I receive such questions. 
to the first question, I would be glad to answer the questions and educate those around me. But to the second type of question, I think I would feel, I, I feel honestly pretty upset. Sometimes it can be, I've gotten worse questions which really upset me and make me feel um, like I don't belong, like I'm very different. Um, it makes me really struggle with my beliefs and how I dress. Yeah, also from the tone of the question, you could feel whether you're just being judged or they really want to know. Exactly. Um, and that's the issue of uh, feeling judged and feeling um, uh, like you're very different um, when really we're all human beings. We've all got different beliefs. We all dress differently. And um, if I could respect your views and the way that you look and dress, I'm sure you can do the same. Yes, exactly. So about hijab, do you think the stigma around it and, you know, people not accepting of it is because it's just a hijab and they are, you know, kind of not familiar with it or because it's related to Islam? Um, I think one of the reasons why uh, hijab is not um, accepted is because of media and how it is perceived in media. Um, as I said earlier, it is perceived as something that takes away your freedom, that doesn't let you live normally, um, that pulls you back uh, from society. And um, obviously the hijab in any way is perceived as Islamic. So I think it's also because of the way that Islam is portrayed. Um, so I would say both. So... All of this happening, you know, um, as about hijab and, you know, being less accepted as hijabi in Canada, did this make you, you know, want to take it off or being hesitant about it? Definitely. And I'm sure that lots of uh, hijabis can relate to me. It's, the thought has crossed my mind various times in my life. Um, and lots of people have asked me, well, why didn't you take it off if you don't feel comfortable in it? Well, I do feel comfortable in it. It's just, I think it's more of um, people's views of how they perceive me. Uh, when non-Muslims look at me, all they see is my hijab. They don't see anything else. And I, and I really want people to see that hey, I'm, I'm intelligent. Um, I can have a great conversation with you. I'm creative. I have all these skills. Uh, why don't you focus on that rather than my hijab? And so I think that even if I took off my hijab, I don't think anything will change because I still look different than um, a white girl. Um, I will still get looks. I will still, I will still perceive, be perceived as different. Um, and also, I think the hijab is so beautiful and its meaning to me and how much more confidence it has given me in recent years. It's been a part of me. I just, I don't think I can go a day without wearing the hijab, even if I tried, because of how uh, much it means to me and its meaning. Yeah, so how do you kind of find the piece with being Canadian, but also you are Iraqi Arabian. You know, how do you find this balance and peace despite all that is happening around you that makes you want to be less Canadian? So growing up, I, I think it was very difficult to balance both cultures. Um, 
because of how much um, they have affected me and how different they are as well. I mean, when you look at Iraqi culture and you look at Canadian culture, they're the total opposites. But I think in recent years, I've appreciated both and being able to maybe even choose some aspects of both and adding them to my life because I believe that all cultures um, should be open to learning and to improving. And so there are some things that are in Canadian cultures that I may not um, agree with. And there are some aspects to the Iraqi culture that I also may not agree with. And I think having both in my mind and being able to um, choose the best aspects of both has actually helped me more uh, in my life. And also, there are so many more beautiful um, cultural aspects in Iraq than Canadian, which I didn't appreciate growing up, but I appreciate so much now as I'm being more open-minded and um, being um, around Iraqi culture more. Yes, exactly. You kind of big from the culture what suits you and you know goes along with your views and beliefs and so on exactly yes so do you miss iraq and do you want to get back and live there i've actually never visited iraq so i can't say if i miss it <laughs> so haven't you thought of you know visiting or getting to know your homeland um, of course, I would want to visit and I want to get to know my family members. Um, it's difficult uh, just speaking to your relatives on the phone um, and trying to get to know them. Thankfully, with social media now, it's much easier, but it's still very difficult to get to know these people who are related to you um, and trying to even just educate yourself on um, our ancestors and who came before us uh, on that land. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a confusing feeling to um, explain because I, I don't know if I, if I can say this, but I kind of miss a place that I've never even um, been to. And some people might laugh at me thinking, how is that even possible? But I think it's because of all the stories that I've heard and um, maybe wanting to experience uh, what my family members have experienced. No, I mean, it's completely normal because it's in your blood, you know, it's your homeland, even though that you haven't visited or been there before, it's in you. So you would feel this intimate and um, it's, you know, instinct in you. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. Exactly. That I know exactly what you mean. So how you've been feeling about what has been happening in Iraq in, you know, in the past few years and you are away from it, like, you know, the wars and all of that? It's pretty difficult to um, watch and uh, read about and just um, hear stories from relatives that live there. It is devastating. Um, as a country who has uh, experienced war after war, um, many things have changed uh, politically and socially and even culturally. 
Um, so I think it's been very difficult to watch whenever uh, the society is trying to get back on its feet, um, something worse happens. Um, but I know how strong Iraqis are, especially considering how much they've been through. And I do want to be there and um, help my brothers and sisters in Iraq. Um, but uh, sometimes it's the question of what can I do? How can I help? Uh, the questions that sometimes don't have many answers to. Yeah, so what makes you connect uh, with Iraq more as you're away in Canada? So the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask that question is probably the food. Um, the best food ever. And I think uh, definitely the language, um, music, um, uh, the culture, just um, trying to uh, spend time with um, other Iraqi uh, friends and family members, um, trying to incorporate um, Iraqi culture in um, the newer generations in the West. I think that's very important. Yeah, um, I love the Iraqi accent actually, but I don't know about the food. <laughs> the food is just as great. <laughs> Hopefully I will try it one day. So finally, what is your peace aspirations for Iraq and for yourself? I think that I hope for Iraq to be as peaceful as it once was and as modern as it once was and for education to be accessible to all um, and for um, uh, jobs. I think hopefully for that to happen, I think it would be amazing because of how educated and how intelligent and how much people want to change in Iraq and how they want to educate themselves and they want to be this modern country that they once were. But I think the only way to do that is um, through politics. Um, the, the political, um, sorry, the government is not as great um, as it should be. Uh, the educational systems are not that great. Um, and the living situations uh, can be definitely improved. So hopefully, I'm, I do have faith in um, our country that people will be able to transform Iraq to how it once was and maybe even better. Yeah, Iraq had a, you know, has a great civilization and it's a beautiful country. So hopefully it will get back to what it is. Inshallah. Yeah, and your peace aspiration for yourself? For myself, um, definitely to be able to help and educate people around the world. Um, I think one of my goals is to build my own NGO or nonprofit and being able to not only help those in the Middle East, but even in um, African countries um, through education, through um, occupation, through living situations. Um, and I think that's what keeps me going every day and pushing myself. Yes, this is really beautiful and humane. OK, 
Okay, great. We are at the end. So if you would like to add anything else. Um, that is all. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. If you've got to hear, thanks for listening. And if you like the episode, don't forget to subscribe for the upcoming ones and share it with your friends and have a peaceful day. Thank you.